And now, on with the show. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to episode 56 of the ABC GCI Coffee Break podcast. My name is Allison Jackson, joined each week by Mike Maloney and Kayla Rodriguez-Santiago. And this week, we have a very special guest appearance today. We have Carol Fayola, our new director of programs, events, and marketing for ABC Maths. Carol, how's it going? Hi, Allison. Mike, Yeah, we finally finally got her on. This is a couple of weeks. We had to prep her and get her ready to go primer, you know, so she can do this. But she's going to be a... We're very ready. Yeah, we're very happy to have Carol on the team. She's been amazing. In the short amount of time she's been here, she's done some amazing things already, and uh, we feel very happy that she's with us. Yeah, so thanks, Carol, guys. Wanna, yeah, tell us a little bit about like yourself, your background. Stuff yeah, so um, I come from a primarily a marketing background with a strong focus on events. I've been doing events for about thirty plus years now, which kind of dates me a little bit, but that's okay. Um, anything from sales meetings to trade shows to user conferences to workshops, seminars, um, incentive programs. So big array of different types of events that I've been planning over the years. Um, I'm super excited to be here. I'm excited to uh, get the 2023 calendar off and kicking and uh, working with a great group of people. So yeah, starting 2023 is pretty strong. What's coming up in 2023? What do you have planned for us? So, um, good question. Of course, we're going to have a lot of the uh, usual or uh, re repeating events that we've done. Uh, I'm currently working on a save the date for some of the um, reoccurring events that you've had in the past, and I'm hoping to get that out uh, mid to end of February. And those would include the GCI graduation, which I believe is happening in May. May 18th. May 18th, yeah, uh, the annual golf uh, outing, which we're shooting for June 15th. Um, of course, the ICA Awards and uh, the Craft Championship. So those are some of the, the um, events that we're going to highlight in February, providing we can nail down all the dates. And then we've been brainstorming with some new uh, events that I'm hoping to get kicked off to the off the ground. I don't want to go into too much detail because I want there to be some element of surprise there, but we're just trying to mix things up a little bit and give uh, the members something a little bit different from what they used to having in the past over the past five plus years. Yeah. I love it. Members check your email, check your email, make sure you are looking out for these save the dates. And if, uh, you know, if, 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 you know, people out there wondering, Carol, what's the what's a good way to reach out to you? What's sure, you can email me. My email is carol at abcma.org. Uh, my direct dial here is 781-497-6270. Of course, if anyone has an idea or a suggestion of an event or just questions on how things are working, uh, feel free to reach out to me. I also wanted to mention that um, we're going to uh, be... Uh, 
promoting some of our annual sponsorships within the next several weeks. So if anyone's looking to sponsor for sponsorship opportunities, uh, be on the lookout for that. We're finalizing the new 2023 package now, and uh, I hope to get that out uh, fairly quickly. So definitely by the end of January, if not sooner. And so, Carol, with the annual sponsorships, can you purchase those all year long? Or is there a deadline when you have to purchase those sponsorships by? Yeah. So in order for you to get the biggest bang out of your buck, we are um, in, a, in a perfect world. You know, we would have reached out to uh, we would have started the promotion last fall. But since I'm new here, we're just kicking off. Um, we're going to give them a uh, deadline on February 15th just so that they can get the biggest bang for their buck out of the membership. And those are going to be geared towards um, promoting the members, right? So it's going to be a lot of online sponsorships. It's going to be getting your website, your logo um, or an ad on the website, um, being um, included in our newsletter, uh, some of our events, depending on the package you choose. So we are going to give people a deadline of February 15th, just so that we can start planning. Um, and if that doesn't work for their 2023 calendar, then, you know, the end of this year, we'll be strongly promoting them for 2024. Awesome. And so where can ABC members find information on which sponsorship includes what, how much it costs, where is all that? Info? Yeah, so um, we're going to, uh, we'll be emailing, we'll be uh, doing a e-blast promotion, um, but you can also always go up to the ABC uh, MA Mass website and under memberships or under members, there's a, uh, a link to sponsor or category called sponsorship opportunities. And uh, you can click there and all the updated packages are there. In addition to that, you can also sponsor the Coffee Break podcast. And that can... always accepting sponsorships. <laughs> there's no deadline here. Right. There's no deadline there. And for that, for sponsoring the podcast, you can reach out to Mike directly. But basically, you can find that information on the sponsorship page on the ABC Mass website. Um, and there's also a coffee podcast page there as well. So it links from one to the other. And we'll include that in the um the e-blast that goes out to the members so that they'll they'll see that that's an opportunity. Sweet. abcma.org. Correct. The member section, sponsorship opportunities. Correct. ABC members get to the website. <laughs> Thanks for that. Awesome. And then uh, this week, we've got a jam-packed uh, episode because we have, uh, we're making up for the week we're off for Christmas, right? So we've got Mark Mason, CEO of RCL Mechanical, uh, reached out to him through LinkedIn and he agreed to be on the podcast, uh, ABC member. He is very excited to come on the podcast and talk to us. And we also have, and this is a, an honor for us, John Annarelli Jr., president of Medford Wellington Service Company. Uh, we sat down and talked to him, and we had a great conversation with both those gentlemen. Let's hear it from them. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Mark Mason from RCL Mechanical. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Mike. Appreciate it. So, Mark, just so I'm straight, what is your uh, official title? That we, we I am were chief executive officer for RCL Mechanical. Chief executive officer. And why don't you tell us a little bit about RCL Mechanical? Tell us about yourselves, what you do for the company, and what RCL Mechanical is all about. Yeah. So, uh, RCL Mechanical, we do commercial, residential, plumbing, and HVAC. Uh, it's probably a 60 40 split, mostly commercial. Um, you know, we were, inc we were incorporated in 2020. 
Um, that's when we really started to take off and have a growth plan for the company. And uh, since then, you know, we have um, had a explosive growth. Um, we have added so much to the team, great employees. We have an amazing culture and that's kind of what our whole goal was, right? We wanted to create a an environment where employees wanted to come to work, um, where they felt comfortable, not the traditional way that, you know, I grew up with and who I've worked for in the past. So um, we, that's where I really, you know, that's where our core values are aligned with. Um, so we, uh, in 2020, we had about five employees. Uh, I think we just hit about 60 employees last week. So uh, we are growing. We're looking for like-minded individuals and like-minded contractors to, um, to work with that, you know, want to be a partner. So we, uh, I, I specifically focus on you know, the commercial business development, and, um, creating those relationships. And then, um, how long have you been with RCL Mechanical? Uh, we, uh, I'm an owner, and we've been to, uh, 2020 is when we uh, incorporated. We were an LLC prior. We're a lot smaller company. Uh, it was established in 2016. Me and my business partner, Rich, uh, got aligned, and we merged both of our companies. And here we are today. And what do you think helped spur the growth? Do you think where do you where do you if you could look back, what do you think when to take off and why? So I think it was all part of the plan. You know, me and Rich actually both looked at each other and said, you know, do we want to be an owner of one a hundred percent owner of a one million dollar company or a fifty percent owner of a ten million dollar company? And uh, we we put everything else aside, and that's where our alignment was. And we wanted to create a, a company with an amazing culture and surrounded by certain core values. And that's what we did. And uh, I'm a firm believer that I think the culture would, the culture is what helped us grow to where we where we are today. Um, and the people, you know, if the culture is aligned, the people are aligned. If the people are aligned, then they're, they're bought in. When someone's, when they're bought in, then I think that's when you really have a powerful company and then you can really operate at your peak capacity as an organization. And then, so you've been around for a couple of years now. What is, um, yeah. if you could talk about one of the, maybe one of your dream projects that maybe you've worked on in the past, uh, if one that jumps out at you, if you could talk about that at all. So I have a lot of commercial background experience and I've, come from the lab background, um, working in hospitals, Cape Cod Hospital, um, you know, uh, Genzyme, Sanofi's and all that stuff. I used to work for a large mechanical company for about 10 years. And I would say, you know, to be honest with you, the most ironic one was, uh, and fun, was uh, Boston Dynamics. And that's when they, uh, you've probably seen the videos where they had the robots. So I was the project manager. Uh, on that for the plumbing and HVAC. And that was uh, just an amazing job. Crazy to see it come to life and see what they were do, what they were building and the innovation they had, you know? And then what about um, dream projects moving forward? Any like any particular size projects you'd love to work on or a particular job you'd love to get, get your hands on? Well, no, not necessarily. I, th- I just think I want to be aligned with the right contractors. You know, it's not one particular job. I think it's consistency and um, being with in, in the rooms with the right people, the right contractors, the right sub subcontractors, the right vendors. Because ultimately, it's like the team that makes it right. You know, one person could fall, and the rest of the team is coming right with them. So ultimately, I don't think it's one job that we're looking at. I think we're looking at it as a big picture of everything else, 
and uh and, and to bring it together to be successful you know and then I do follow you guys on social media. So seeing things like uh, it was some social media posts where it looks like you were training some people using the iPad. Are all your technicians connected with, you know, iPads or iPhones? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's what, you know, to go back to your question prior, you talked about growth, how, what helped us explode. And uh, to be honest with you, I think it's I think it's technology. I feel like our industry, the HVC and plumbing industry, especially commercial portion, they're so stuck in their old ways. Uh, and, you know, I'm very into uh, marketing and automation, and that's what really ex- just 10x is the speed of growth and everything else, systems, SOPs. And when all those things are aligned, I think that's what that's where the success comes from, you know? It's amazing. I'm sure a lot of the plumbing companies are old school, right? They got their clipboard with the Xerox copies of the carbon copies underneath and they have to write out their invoice. Whereas yeah. nowadays you can do everything on an iPad, right? They can go right in, they drop down menus. So it's good that you believe in some of the technology. What about some of the technicians in the field? Are they all, are they all using some new technology as well? Or what yes. are some things that these guys got in the field? Yeah. So every foreman on the commercial side and lead has a, a iPad. You know, they have access to a server, Bluebeam. Um, that's how they clock in and out. That's how they make their daily uh, daily notes for the job. On the residential side, you know, it, it, we have a very intricate CRM that helps us, um, you know, collect payment, um, manage the jobs, know all the serial numbers and model numbers, all everybody's equipment at their home. Um, it manages the PMAs, the permanent maintenance agreements and all that good stuff. And also, you know, it's the little things and on the residential side, it means more, but when, when we get dispatched to someone's home, they send them a text message and that text message has a picture of the technician saying, Hey, you know, Joe's on his way. I uh, just want to let you know, Joe, you know, it says a little blurb about Joe, like, you know, what he likes, what his hobbies are. And then that's almost like the introduction going into the uh, the house. So they know what he looks like. And I feel like today's world, that's very important. Right, because it, it, it's a crazy world out there, and you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know, if you think someone's looks like someone's coming to the house, you don't know who it is. But now you get a picture, and you can kind of you're not surprised when the guy comes to the door, and you know who it is. As far as um, what's next for RCL Mechanical, what do you think is next? You talked about the 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 the, pro, the the culture piece, the people piece, the process piece, right? What's coming up next? What's the next big thing for you guys? So, seeing if I have my painted vision here, I just did a. Um, I did a painted vision, and that and that painted vision is essentially a three year go, a three year roadmap of to what we want to be and what, who we want to stand for uh, in two thousand twenty five. Essentially, we want to be uh, a top rated place to work in the Boston Globe. That is one of our goals. I am working towards that right now with the team, and you know, hopefully, we can hit that over the next couple of years. Uh, we just went over 50 employees like six months ago. So, uh, that, that was exciting that we could be qualified for that. Um, you know, we want to, we want to have an OSHA rating of 0.91 or less. Uh, we're at about 0.96 right now, I believe. So that's essentially no worksite accidents, right? Uh, coming down every year. Um, and we want to have 125 team members. So that's our vision for, you know, the next next three years, which is essentially equates to about thirty million in revenue. That's, so that's, we, that's amazing, right? When you talk about where you were just a couple of years ago and how fast you're growing to get there, right? So that's uh, yeah. pretty awesome. And then, um, as far as 
you know, what, what, so you worked for a mechanical company for years. You said 10 years before you started your own thing. Um, is what did you do before that? What, like what got you into being in the trades? I guess what, what made you go into the trades? So I was actually uh, a student at Bristol Plymouth Vocational Technical High School uh, from 2005 to 2009. I graduated 2009. Uh, I went to work for that mechanical company. I stayed there for about 10 years before coming here um, and, and, and merging forces with Rich to, to build this. Um, but, you know, along the way, uh, I just knew what I wanted. And, you know, I was always doing side work, building the businesses. I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, doing real estate, we're big into real estate, we're big into, you know, doing all that stuff. And, you know, essentially in like 2018, 19, I knew, I knew it was time, you know, I'm like, okay, it, it's time. It's just a matter of one, you know, getting together a business plan, putting together and, and, and forming the team. So after that, you know, that's when we took off and luckily everybody bought into the vision and that's kind of helped that growth. And then I guess, you know, what can you tell? I'm sure you have quite a lot of apprentices that work for you. What is some advice you would give to someone who's thinking about going into the trades and, and you know, something you would, what something you would tell them, some advice you'd give them? Yeah. So I have a soft spot for co-ops and, and, and people coming into the trade because I feel like obviously that was me. I wasn't really fed the right information coming into school. You know, it's just like you guys, I'm sure it's like, you know, Hey, go to college and do this and do that. This is what you're going to do. And trades are kind of looked down upon. So like, you know, my, I feel like my generation was the one that kind of broke through and that's when vocational schools get really popular. And I just feel like they do not express the opportunities that really exist within the trade, you know? And what I mean by that is like, if you go and you take plumbing, you know, the, it doesn't just end at plumbing, you know, there's, you know, you can be a coordinator, you can be a service manager, a project manager, you can be a business owner, you can, there's so many options, you know, you can be training, safety, like so many options and operations for a company. So there's like so many options and routes that you can take. And I feel like they just don't do a good job at expressing that, which obviously, you know, when you talk to a 17, 18, 19 year old kid, say, hey, you want to be a plumber kid? Like they think plumbing, like, you know, this guy, you know, is under a sink all day, fixing a toilet. You're right. It's like, so. But I think if, you know, having you as a good example, right? So you as the the owner of the company could say to these apprentices, listen, I was once like you, I was in trade school. I was, you know, maybe like I said, misled. I'm going to give you the right information. Yeah. Work hard, right? You put your time in and and now you become a plumber, but that can grow into being an estimator, uh, you know, a project lead, a foreman. It could be maybe one day you want to go off and start your own business, right? Well, you That's listen, right. you know, I, if if Mark can do it, I can do it. And, you know, I want to do something different or I want to own my own place. So uh, as far as yeah, some of the culture you talked about, and I think it's, again, it's great, right? Culture is another hard thing to get across. What are some things that you guys do to help with the culture of the company? Well, I feel like people just want to be led. You know, people people need leaders and and empathy and to level with you. And uh, and if and, and most traditional leaders do not do that. You know, they usually have egos. They usually uh, there's usually things behind there that they just can't they can't let loose on. And uh, you know, we just we treat everybody like a human being. We have fun. Um, you know, we know we all have to come to work. You know, we are we're all going to be here eight to ten hours, and it's like you know. Let's make the best out of it. Let's have positive energy. Let's get through the day. And, you know, to this day, I mean, we have a very little turnover rate. You know, we do have a, an, an, an experienced staff, 
um, you know, a younger staff, but uh, we have the culture. We everybody's minds where it should be. Everybody wants to do better and grow. Um, but unfortunately, as you know, the plumbing trade, we just don't have those people. There's like a gap, huge 20 year, 30 year gap. Yep. So we're doing what we can with what we have, but everybody just goes the extra mile. That's one of our core values, going the extra mile and being customer centric, extreme ownership. You're talking Jocko Williams. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's where we got that's it. That's right. Extreme ownership. You, you, <laughs> own, you, own, you know, yeah. it sounds like our sales doing some amazing things. And then, you know, if I was to give you a quick 20 seconds to give yourself a little blurb about your company, what, what would you say? And how would someone get a hold of if they wanted to use our sale mechanical? So, I mean, you can fi- find us on ABC's website, number one. Uh, and the best way to reach out to us is either social media or, or email. You know, I mean, you can reach out to me directly at mark at rclmechanical.com, mark with a C, or you can just go online and find us online. We have a strong online presence. Once again, that's kind of how we've built such a, an amazing culture and um, brought the right individuals in the door because we almost put reverse prospecting on 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 marketing and uh, brought the right people in. So that's an easy way to get in touch with us. You know, uh, we the website, people. website's amazing. I mean, if I was looking yeah. for, too much you guys don't, do you guys do have a goal in the North Shore? Or you guys strictly South Shore, Taunton? South Shore to Boston. Yeah. Because um, I I need HVAC help, but I, I got to get you guys <laughs> to come to the North Shore. But, uh, Allison, Kayla, anything for Mark? I'm interested in the vision, the vision board you talked about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I... Uh, I don't, I, I can send it to you so you can like maybe put it on the post. Yeah, um, that would be awesome. Do you mind I mean, sending me just an email? Yeah, absolutely. We can send you an email for that, but did you do it on your own or did you, um, did you have a whole team with you? So you it was actually, down? it was amazing how yeah. it actually happened. It was, uh, you know, I put everything down on there and what I did was I, chatted with everybody in the office said hey this is what this is my vision what do you what do you want to add what do you want to remove what's your thing like and we all built it together uh what was even better is uh i ended up got it all done we got it designed so it's very appealing to the eye and we put it up on our wall and what happened was i presented it to the whole office on how it kind of how our numbers really tied into it and the people tie into the vision and i put the vision and the organization chart up on the up on a, uh, two TVs, and I put the organization shot today and what it's going to be like for that vision in, in three years. And I showed everybody like you're here, but these are the open positions that are coming. This is what how this is how it's going. This is how it's dying. This is how it's going to end 2025. And I did it. Amazing meeting. You know, even people got up and like you know they they talked about their how they love it here and there's new highest yeah. in there. And they just everybody chatted. It was just so just so like genuine and uh what happened was we would now we're laying it out to the field and my service manager we had a plan to lay it out to the uh, to the field to get the technicians the service technicians one monday morning i got tied up and i couldn't make it and we have a camera system and i said hey just hold off we'll do it next week they went above and beyond and they ended up just doing it anyway And I watched it on the cameras as they were doing it. And I was, it was probably the most like amazing moments of my life because I was like, wow, like they're leading from the front. Like, like we've created leaders, like to me to follow. Like that's why, that's why, what that's what leadership is. 
I create leaders so I can follow. And they crushed it. And I was so fucking proud of them and so happy for them. Um, they did it better than I did. So I was like, you guys crushed it. You guys crushed it. And uh, it was just awesome. It was amazing. You know, and, and it was almost, it came, it came from someone else other than the owners, which was really nice touch to it, you know? And one of the service managers that was presenting it, actually came from the field into the office position and he talked on how that all happened, how the growth happened. Um, and it was just amazing, you know, so I will send that to you. I think it would be a good value for other companies to kind of look at it and show there, you know, cause I'm big on sharing. I want everybody to win and that's just who I am as a person. So, and you guys would like to see it. That'd be awesome. I also would love to see it. I mean, I just, I think that that is, so cool. And it really speaks to like, it's an added benefit. It's over, uh, over like, oh, matching 401k or you get, you know, overtime pay, you get healthcare, like all the standard benefits you see. Right. But it, things like in actually investing time in your employees, like enriching your employees' lives inside and outside the office, like inside and outside of a workplace setting. It's just so cool to hear about stuff like that because it is like, it's not few and far between, I'm sure. And you don't hear about these things a lot. And then you can see just the way that, you know, for people listening, you can't see Mark right now, but the way that you're lighting up talking about this, I'm sure it adds something to, like when you go into the office, it adds something extra to your experience. 100%. Absolutely. hundred percent. You nailed it. All right. So uh, that's Mark Mason from RCL Mechanical. They are on the South Shore, Taunton, Bristol, Bristol County area. Reach out to him if you have anything uh, plumbing HVAC wise. But now it comes up to everybody's favorite part is the lightning round. I'm going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions to get to know you a little bit more. So first one is, imagine you are a professional baseball player. What is your introduction song? I'm going to have to say DMX. Going with the Rough DMX. Night. All right. Yeah, that's cool. that a great question. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, what celebrity do most people say you look like? I definitely don't get that. So uh, if, I had, if I had to take a guess, I would say. Uh, hmm. Got to take a pass on this one. How about pass, you guys answer that? <laughs> uh, I, Aaron Paul, uh, Breaking Bad, just from the. From the little Aaron Paul, I like it. Aaron Paul, yeah. Uh, what bucket list item do you most want to check off in the next six months? Australia. Ooh. Uh, choose one person, one famous person from history you want on your team during a zombie apocalypse. Abraham Lincoln. Oh, a lot of people said that. <laughs> uh, what is the most obscure superpower you would want? To fly. Are you more productive in the morning or at night? Morning. Uh, what do your family and friends think you do all day? Work and then I'm a robot. <laughs> <laughs> what is your standard office lunch? Turkey, ground turkey, rice, and green beans every day, past five years. What do you want to be when you grow up? Entrepreneur. Uh, which fictional team is the best team of all time? Um, when you say fictional team, what do you mean? Any could be superhero team, could be a baseball team, 
a sports team. Uh, Red Sox. What is a weird food you've tried? Would you eat it again? Olives. No. Olives. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm not an olives guy. I'm olives <laughs> and mushrooms. Uh, would you let aliens beam you up if they came to Earth? Yes. Uh, what is a simple dance move that you are bad at? The worm. <laughs> Pick any band to play at your funeral, dead or alive. Any what band? Any, any band, yep. I wouldn't mind a little uh, Kid Rock. Keep right. it upbeat. That's right. You know? All right, there we go. That's the lightning round. Uh, Wait a minute. Friend. Okay, really quick before we go from the lightning round. Why do people say Abraham Lincoln? Because no that is We're not, not you're not the first person to say Abraham Lincoln to that question. It's a badass president. Like, well, of course he was the president. Badass, exactly. badass. Right. Yeah, what, 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 makes what, what did he <laughs> what did he do that made him like why would he be the number one person you would want on your team? Mott leadership, you know, mm. intelligent. Mm-hmm. He stood up, he stood up for what he knew was right. You know, he stood up, he okay. stood up and said, "Listen, can't this slavery stuff can't happen anymore." I always say in, in interviews when I and I'm trying to when I'm doing interviews and I'm talking to people about them, I'm like the three things I always look for is if you're resourceful, you're organized, and you can communicate. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like if you surround yourself by the people that can do that, then you'll be successful. Hundred percent, right? And yeah. that's is a business, right? You surround yourself with good people, right? And yeah. if if you were to say to your folks, "Are yeah, listen, we only do plumbing, HVAC, and I want to do." You know, uh, we want to do, you know, we want to do drain cleaning or stuff like that, right? Maybe you want to try something different. Someone says, oh, I've done that before. And you say, oh, this is it, right? Someone who's resourceful, someone can figure it out, right? They want good people, you know, maybe maybe not the best people, but you want good people to be surrounded with. So, all right. So this is Mark Mason, RCL Mechanical. Thank you again, Mark. We uh, appreciate you coming on. Appreciate having you on as a member at ABC. We value you guys so much and uh, hope to see you soon. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Enjoy. Have a good weekend. Thanks for taking the time out of your day, Mark, to speak to us. Now let's hear from John Annarelli Jr., president of Medford Wellington Service Company. Welcome to the podcast today, John Annarelli Jr., president of Medford Wellington Service Company. We are in the presence of greatness because John Annarelli Jr. has been around uh, doing his thing with ABC Massachusetts for a long time, and we are honored to have him on. So welcome, John. Welcome. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, so uh, let's talk a bit about what John, who John is and what he does for Medford Watson Service Company. Uh, so, John, I'll let you introduce yourself and tell us as much as you want to about Medford Watson. Well, first thing, I'll tell you a little bit about myself so you understand where I come from. Um, I'm uh, John Annarelli Jr. I'm about 71 years old right now. Uh, looking to be 72. I uh, came into the industry after um, I got off active duty in the United States Army in 1971. I went to Franklin Institute of Boston where I studied applied electricity and electronics. Uh, when I got off, when I finished school full-time, was a full-time school, and I went to work for a company called Everett Electric Company where I was an electrician's helper. I was never, ever an apprentice. I got my journeyman's license in 1974. I got my master's license one year to the day in 1975. 
I stayed with Everett Electric for another year after that, approximately. And then um, I went to work for my father doing, uh, starting basically starting all over again as a uh, helper in the refrigeration business. Now, it's refrigeration that we really, really are. Uh, not so much air conditioning, heating, uh, cooling, uh, but that's all byproducts of the refrigeration business. Um, I worked for my father for about uh, three years, three and a half years, and um, did serious refrigeration uh, service work. Then I... Um, Opened. I went to school for carrier air conditioning. They, I went to school and learned the fundamentals of, of refrigeration and the products of um, of, uh, of the properties of Freon and all the other stuff that you have to know. <laughs> I also learned one thing: you got you to be better than a plumber because uh, your refrigeration joints have got to be much tighter, much stronger. Uh so then I we did a we did a small little offshoot of Method of Method Wellington and. I did uh, had a company called Glenwood Electric, which ran for about 10 years, 10, 15 years. Uh, do what we specialized in doing some uh, uh, electrical construction work. And we bounced it all, put it all, put it all together. My father wanted us to put it all back together. And then we went to work uh, doing some serious uh, refrigeration, air conditioning service. Then we expanded into um we expanded into uh, uh, sheet metal out of necessity because our customers <laughs> requested it more than anything else. And uh, then we expanded a little bit into uh, the plumbing and uh, plumbing uh, services, commercial. All, most of this work is all commercial too. All right. So about myself, let me finish up on that. I, when I got off active duty from the United States Army, I went into the Army Reserve Program and stayed for 26 long years. So I see it behind you. It says Marines. Were you a Marine? Yeah, yes, sir. I'm my, sorry. You were, I'm sorry. My, you were. Deepest, my deepest condolences. Oh, I was, was going <laughs> to say the same to you. I was going to say, I'm, I'm sorry uh, you weren't uh, you know, eligible to join the Marine Corps back then. <laughs> That's always a well, good answer with the army guys. You know, what, yeah, I, I always ask this before, but uh, you know what the army stands for, right? Yeah. Ain't ready for the Marines yet? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you were in the army reserves, right? You were still working for Medford Wellington, which was crazy. I think you told me the story before. You said that your dad. Oh, had, the reason you know, the reason why I stayed in the army reserve program because my father was a um, during World War II learned the refrigeration business on an LST coming down the uh, coming down the uh, Mississippi River. And he was a, he was in the engine room, and that's how he learned the refrigeration business. The chief gave him a book and said, "You better know this book inside and out because you're bringing food to the South Pacific." And uh, that's what it, that's how it all started, basically. A uh, little history about about uh, the Medford Wellington Service Company. After after uh, the war was over, my father worked for eight hundred one five thirty seven. The locals initially. And then he um, got a, uh, a job with uh, Howard Johnson's, and he was going to be a construction manager and service coordinator for Howard Johnson's Red Coach Grill. Then it really bounced off into the old Red Coach Grill restaurants. They were the elite 
Howard Johnson upper class restaurants that that um, Howard Johnson's own. Well, as you know, the story goes that uh, come around 1965, 66, uh, Howard Johnson's Mr. Howard Johnson died, the owner, and. Um, uh, the company was going to basically be uh, sold off and terminated and changed. So my father had an opportunity, as the company was shrinking, to pick up maintenance contracts on eight Red Coast grills in New England. He had a bid on them. And the vice president of the company and a few other people uh, knew that he was going to be going. And he knew the buildings and knew the equipment. And... Uh, he was able to land the maintenance contract for uh, Red Coach Grill uh, back in March 18th, 1967. What was going through your mind when, when he came to you and said, I want you to come work for me? You know, was that an easy thing? Like, no problem? Were you like, no, oh, no, that's, that's a, that was a hard story. I yeah. worked for... I worked for Ever Electric Company. And in those days, people in the trades, you know... Uh, the shops weren't big. They were relatively small. People knew people throughout the industry. And uh, what happened was I got uh, pulled into the office one day and by my boss. And I'm not even going to use his name because he was a great guy. And he said to me, I says, uh, listen, uh, get your tools and get out of here. <laughs> he says, you're going to work for your father. I said, well, I really don't want to do that. I kind of like my job here. He said, you do a lot of high-end work. And uh, that was it. And I went to work for my father in uh, 1960, 1976, a year before I got married. And if I'm saying something wrong, I'm going to let me know. <laughs> and as far as working for your dad, how was that? Was that okay? Was he? Oh, no, it was great. It was yeah. great because he had, um, there wasn't a, wasn't a big shop. There was only about six or seven people at the time. But he had some really, really talented people that knew the industry and they knew uh, what to do and they knew how to work. And they were very, very disciplined. You know, you had to do it this way, the right way. And if it was wrong, you had to take it apart and start all over again. You learned and you told the mark. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's great. People were always anxious. Uh, you know, in those days, if you were a helper or an apprentice, you were anxious to do good. You wanted to do good because you wanted to learn. That's great. And then, so late seventies, early eighties, right? How can you talk about some of the things you've seen change in the industry between, oh, like, the last forty years, right? How how different, you know, back then, not as many buildings probably weren't air conditioned as it is now, but how has the business changed? Do you think? Well, you got to realize, out of all the industries, uh, whether it's electrical, plumbing, even sheet metal, um, the refrigeration industry is the newest to come on board. You got to remember, in nineteen thirty-five, they were still delivering ice. To homes, you know, to keep their food cool, you know, and food got iced down or all salted and pickled and everything else, different ways right. of keeping preserving food. Um, we, when I first started out in this industry, uh, working for my father, there was still a lot of uh, refrigeration systems that were belt driven compressors, um, uh, old uh, buffalo blower fans. It was, it was. The efficiency of the equipment was just simply, it was, was just archaic. I mean, a lot of, I remember working on a few old DC compressors years and years ago in the city of Boston. We only had a couple of refrigerants. We had R22 and we had R12. 
and 502, if I remember correctly, which was another um, refrigeration um, refrigerant. And we only had three levels of refrigeration. We had low temperature, which was zero degrees, uh, operating around zero degrees. We had medium temperature, which was uh, 38 degrees, I'm calling, and I'm not going to go by the, 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 the temperature pressure charts. And you had um, uh, high temperature, which was what we used in the air conditioning was uh, probably 55 degrees. And the three refrigerants kind of correlated with that at the time. Equipment was tough to get. I mean, if you had a piece of equipment, uh, let's just say you had a refrigeration compressor or something like that, and it was a belt driven, you wanted to keep that thing running. We used to, we used to repair um, valve plates, valve guides. We even pulled pistons on compressors and re-ring them and put them back together. Uh, the TXVs that we had at the time were, um, some of them were adjustable. Uh, we started to really get into the pressure operated um, TXVs as time went on. All the controls were straight electric. Uh, there was no, um, there were, especially in the refrigeration, I shouldn't say that because, but they, they still are to this day, but it's usually um, low voltage. And if uh, someone could go, someone could go back in time to the early eighties and say, one day your stuff will be uh, ran by computers or off your phone, right? Oh my goodness! Off, like, you my probably goodness. would have said you're you're crazy, right? There's no way crazy. your hell it's going to work. You're crazy, and, and as time went on, as time went on, the evolution of the equipment and the products um, that were produced, and you know, copper piping. We went from copper piping, brazing copper piping. Now to this this days, we. Uh, we use um, uh, zoom lock and we compress it. We have, the, we have special fittings that whoops them. Over 500 pounds of pressure. But, uh, you know, and that's really, really quite a, quite a um, advance in technology, you know? So where do you think the business is headed, do you think? With Medford Wellington been around since the late 70s, early 80s, right? Where do you see it's, where's it heading? Where's it going? Technology and change are inevitable. I mean, the manufacturers are coming out with uh, high efficiency compressors, uh, basically throwaway devices. You know, we, we, we don't repair uh, refrigerant leaks anymore. We more or less uh, change, just change out the entire evaporators that come with quick connects. Uh, the industry is, um, is really, really changing. Uh, the the pro just take the air conditioning equipment. I'm, I'm a, I, I remember I'm just thinking about regular air conditioning equipment. Ten years ago, 20, twenty five years ago, a ten ton rooftop air conditioner would would have to be fed with hundred amps of electricity and probably run at about fifty five amps. Now that same BTU air conditioner, which was ten tons, gets served has a high high efficiency compressor and it's It'll run at 35 amps below. So it, 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 the, the changes in the equipment is, is the biggest thing. But we we need to do one thing in this industry is, um, is we need qualified people. We need people who have the desire to learn this industry. Uh, we need people that are willing to make not a sacrifice, but to, to make the to, to become disciplined and, uh, and 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 want to progress 
and move forward. You know, when you're in the refrigeration service industry, you're nothing but a doctor to a piece of machinery. You know, the machine's depending upon you, all right? The people say, my machine is sick. <laughs> you got to get it, you got to get it, you got to get it to run right, all right? And I think that if you have, a, you know, a good mechanical background, good mechanical capabilities, uh, uh, you can make a good, good living as long as you're disciplined. And, and you if you think, back, you think back to when you first started, would you have imagined that Medford Bonta would still be around 40 years later, right? Well, like I said, 1967, it started. Yep. Um, I'm the, I am second generation. Uh, and now there's a third generation going forward. Uh, no, I didn't think so. I mean, we, you know, over the years, you know, with all the, uh, the way the world has been and financial, you know, there were good times and there were very bad times, right. <laughs> you know, yep. but you, you had to be, understand, well, well there's bad times now. But they're going to get better, you know, and you, you had to stay with it. And my, my mother and my father just stayed with it. It was never a, when this business was started, Method Wellington Service was started. It was never a business that was going to make anybody multi, multi-millionaires. It was a place to work, to put food on the table. One of my father's biggest obligations that he felt about the employees that work for us is we got to make sure that they're taken care of. We have to make sure that they, uh, they, they, they come to work, they work, we can pay them, and they can take care of their families. And this is what it was all about. You know, they came from, a, my mother and father came from a, uh, um, a depression era mentality where there was nothing and you had to make the most of everything right. you know, that you had. Where right. is the business going now? Hmm. Well, Metropolitan Service now it's, it has a new chief executive officer um, who's come on board about uh, six weeks ago. Um, he has uh, got a lot of good ideas. He wants to expand and grow the company, uh, give more people more opportunities. Uh, he wants to, uh, you know, the New England market is not saturated, but there are a lot of specialized companies there. And some people will do this, and some people will do will do won't do that. Some companies specialize in one area. Method Wellington Service is a service company. We kind of have the capability of specializing in multiple trades, which is part of uh, our success. One stop shopping for the customer. It's commercial industrial work, but some of the customers don't want to hear. Well, you just put this beautiful looking walk-in freezer in over here now. Who's gonna Who's gonna put the electricity to it and get it to run? Right. Well, we'll do it because we have licensed, qualified electricians who are familiar with it. Yeah, understand it. And that, that's pretty awesome. It's amazing that you see you can get so a company can call you and do everything between not just servicing but installation work, which is it's fantastic. And then um, what I really want to talk about too before we wrap this up is is how important do you think it is to be part of ABC Massachusetts for your business? It's very important. And I'm going to tell you why. They are support. They are help. They are informational people. They keep you in tune with 
politically what's going on in the in Massachusetts, not just in the Massachusetts, but throughout the country, you know, um, and just 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 t- turn around. The Gould Institute does not the um, ABC does just does not support the companies. It supports the employees and the people that work for the companies through the Gould Institute. I was on the board for Gould Institute for about eight years, and I'm going to tell you something. Those people going back did everything in their power to help teach, train, keep young people on track throughout the trades, whether it was sheet metal, electrical, plumbing. They were a source to help people progress and to learn. Yeah, you come in there, you know, go into a sheet metal school at night at six o'clock, show up and you'd be tired. But, you know, it was always a, a good instructor there te- trying to uh, get you on track and get you going. And some days you had good nights, some days you had bad nights. It's just like work. But That's right. You just had to keep going. That's it. Right. Remember why you're there, right? Like you said. Remember in, why in, you're there. Yeah. In, 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 improve your situation at home, right? Make yourself a better living. Get your license. You know, in, in maybe uh, get promoted at work once you start to get those licensure uh, taken care of and you start to increase your awareness what's going on at work you can uh, move listen move move along at work which is fantastic um allison kayla do you have any questions i think we're muted somebody oh nope all good on my end Awesome. So this is what everybody's favorite part of the uh, podcast here. We call it the lightning round where we're going to turn okay. Allison, and Allison's going to ask John 10 rapid fire questions. This is going to be uh, a good chance for everybody to get to know John. So take it away, Allison. All right, John. First thing that pops into your head, don't think about it too hard. You ready? Go ahead. <laughs> what is your favorite season? Summer. What was the last thing you ate? Uh Frosted Flakes. Mm. What was your first job? Uh, newspaper boy at 13 years old, 60 papers in the Wellington section of Method. Ah, me too. I delivered to Nahant, though. <laughs> um, easy item on your bucket list you have not done yet. Why a helicopter? Oh, yes, I should say I, uh, to, uh, to refly a helicopter. Okay. All right. <laughs> I've not flown a helicopter, so that's pretty cool that you've even done that in the first place. Um, okay. What is the best dessert? My mother's chocolate cake. Mm. Uh, beach holiday or ski trip? Uh, Loon Mountain skiing. First team you ever became part of? Um, going to shut this thing off. First team I ever became part of, uh, the guys down the down on uh, 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 Harris Park. We used to have a, a baseball team and a tennis team. All right. Um, what is your favorite song to sing? Oh, it's the Beatles, All My Loving. If you had to write a textbook, what would it be about? Model A Fords. Mm. Okay. Last question. What is a weird food you've tried and would you try it again? 
Uh, I had um, frog's legs, fried frog's legs. Where'd you have those? In Mexico, a long time ago. Would you have them again? Yeah, I would. All right. That makes me confident. I would maybe try like a nibble of a frog's leg, a fried frog's leg. Has to be fried, though. How, you can't go wrong with anything fried. Am I right? Well, I like calamari, too. That's good. But mm -hmm. some of it could be a little too chewy. Yeah, I don't like the tentacles, personally. It's got to be really crispy. Mm. And then, John, we've also been told that you're kind of a car aficionado. Um, yeah. What's uh, what's what's in your garage right now? What do you got? I have got. Um, I'll get. I'll get to make this quick. I, I've got a 1971 Chevelle Super Sports that I bought on December 22nd, 1970. <laughs> I audited it for my uncle. I lost it for about uh, 15 years. Let's put it to you that way. And I found it at an auto show, and I bought it back, and I did a frame off restoration. Good for you. That's amazing. A seven. I've got a 1930 model A Ford. The way it rolled off the showroom floor, um, if it was in 1930, two door, four cylinder. I've got a 1928 Model A Speedster with a, a mongrel setup with a 28 engine with a uh, uh, with a, a 30 transmission, an axle that comes all put together, and that's down here in Florida with me. And I've got the one that's really going to be the um, be something interesting when it gets done. I have a 1968 Chevrolet green van that is being restored and painted as we speak. And it's going to be dressed up in the colors, in the, in the lettering of Wellington Service Company. Wow. Wellington Service Company is the real name of the company. It started off Wellington Service until it was incorporated in 1970. And then because of um, another company named Wellington Crane Service, they had to call, change the name to Medford Wellington Service when it was incorporated. Now, you guys originally in the like Wellington Circle type of thing? Or what was we, it? We used to, my family, we, we uh, my father and mother lived on Riverside Ave in Medford right across the street from the old stop and shop and the mobile station down in the Medford area, Wellington Circle area. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Um, the first shop was on a Locust Street, uh, which was probably about a quarter of a mile away from um, the house. But like I said, the original name of the company is Wellington Service Company. And uh, we're putting a truck together as a, I'm doing that my own uh, as a, Remembrance. We even had the little ladder racks and everything on it. The way my father used to drive around with it, hand lettered and everything. Have somebody hand lettered. Same thing. I've got yeah. photographs. It's it's oh. coming together. Are they doing that in Florida, up here in Mass? No, it's up in Mass here right now. Who's doing well, the work? We, who's doing the work for you in Massachusetts? I've got. Well, I do a lot of it myself. Wow. Well, that's what I was supposed to start off being an automobile mechanic. And I told my father I was going to be an automobile mechanic. He said, you're crazy. <laughs> he says, I'm not going to do that. He said, right, so then, I, Anytime I talk to a car person, right, we talk about dream car. What's your dream car? Yeah. You, you, you're a Model T guy? Is that your dream car? I My, my dream car, the Model A is the one I really do enjoy the most. Because I can I can take the thing apart and put it together, no problem. The Chevrolet and the van, the engines are a little bit further advanced. 
<laughs> Not like automobiles nowadays, though. Right. But um, no, I, I enjoy tinkering with automobiles. It's a hobby. I think it's amazing. We, we're, um, you know, someone said something about cars, and I, someone said, "Oh, I think John Andrew Jr. has a couple of cars." But we're talking, you're talking antique, vintage stuff. The 20 Model A speedsters. Yeah. Pretty awesome. So, all right, this has been uh, a fascinating conversation with John Anarillo Jr. Uh, we could probably spend hours and hours hearing stories, but it's been great to talk to you. It's been fantastic to hear uh, your perspective of the ABC membership and uh, appreciate everything that Medford Wellington's done for not only the, the Google Construction Group, but ABC Mass. One thing I want to say to everybody that listens to this podcast, you are associated with people that are in the industry and the trades. Enlighten them to the ABC family. It's nothing but good things to do. It's it's beneficial. They've got all sorts of assets to help you, you know, even if it's just information. So awesome. anybody listening to this podcast, give a plug for ABC. Awesome. Thanks, John. Appreciate your time. Hey, listen, we'll talk to you later. Have a nice day. Fantastic interviews this week. Thank you, Mark and John, for chatting with us. It is always a pleasure. And thank you to Carol for introducing yourself to our ABC members and podcast fans. Uh, the ABC GCI team is super excited to see what events we have you have in store for 2023. ABC members, keep a lookout for all the good things coming. Up next, we have our rundown of trainings. Allison, what do we have lined up? So February is a packed month for trainings at the ABC GCI Woburn office and at other locations that we offer our training classes. So we have an OSHA 10 hour for construction coming up. That's going to run February 1st, 8th and 15th. You do need to attend all of the classes to be able to get the certification. That's going to be at the ABC GCI Woburn office, 5 p.m. to 8.30. We have a construction supervisor license prep for exam class coming up on February 1st, 8th, 15th, 22nd. Again, you do have to attend all of the classes to get the um, all of the information for the prep for the exam. That's going to be five to eight ABC GCI Woburn office. And then we have a basic trenching regulations class that's going to be on February 4th from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. That's going to be at our Plymouth location. So you can check out all of those training classes and the rest of what we have to offer through June 2023 at gwgci.org forward slash events. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, ABC GCI Coffee Break. Follow us on all the places that you listen to podcasts. Be sure to rate us five stars. And I'd like to thank our presenting partner, Skilled Trades Partners, for supporting the podcast. Thank you so much, Seth and Mary. You guys are awesome. And also, we are looking for a lightning round sponsor. So if you are interested in being a lightning round sponsor, getting your name on the podcast every time that we do those rapid fire questions for our guests, reach out to Mike, mike at gwgci.org, and we'd be happy to have you. And with that, we'll talk to you all next week.